0: All right, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Job. Amen. Interested in a few things here tonight from God's Word in the book of Job. Now, we're going to be looking at chapter one and Uh, several verses, long about verse 6 through 22. And we'll venture on into chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. For the sake of time, we'll not read that entire passage, but we will read a few verses here from chapter number 1. Pray, ask the Lord's blessings upon us and help us to be a blessing to God's people and to bless the name of the Lord. The Bible says, verse number one, there's a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God, amen, and eschewed evil. We need some people like that today that fear God, and evil. and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 asses, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. How about that? And his sons went and feasted in the, their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them, rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continue. How about that? Oh, Job was a man of prayer. What he? he practiced prayer, praise the Lord. We need to be the same way. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. He's always where, uh, where we don't want him to be. Amen. One of these days, hey, he's not going to leave us, but we will going to leave him. All right. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered to the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? That there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and is evil. That's twice mentioned there in our text. Then Satan answered the Lord and and said, does Job fear God for naught? Hast thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse to thee, or curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon him put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. I'm speaking tonight uh, on what to do when in the valley. I think you'll agree with me tonight that Job was in a valley. Oh my, what a valley that he was in. Those who are familiar with your Bible know that he went through much. Amen. He suffered. And this is a very familiar passage to everyone. It is redundant, of course, and yet relative to say that Job suffered great affliction. Oh my, I'm telling you, I don't know, if one of us probably could undertake and undergo a, a portion of what Job went, uh, amen, uh, and, and, and continue on, but Job did. He didn't quit, amen, praise God. Other than the Lord Jesus, of course, no one's ever suffered, to my knowledge, uh, to the extent that Job did. Now, the valley that Job went through was deep. It was dark, oh, it was devastating, but it was also dreary, to say the least. When in the valley, it's suffering is not at all an uncommon occurrence. And Job suffered physically. He suffered emotionally. He suffered family-wise. He suffered financially. He just suffered, I'm telling you. And that was not an uncommon occurrence. And that's not an uncommon occurrence as well with us when we suffer. Now, we can relate to suffering to some degree, but not to the degree that we read that Job suffered here in our Bible. There's so much that we can learn for the life that Job lived, though. He surely lived for his Lord. Amen. If we don't take nothing else home with us tonight, I hope we'll take at least that home with us. We never, ever, will ever be in a particular predicament. Amen. And the place that Job was, and I hope and pray we're not. But we can. We can put into practice His performance, amen, that's what we want to do. Amen, that's what I want to do with the help of the Lord. So there's four things tonight. I see devotion, I see dependency, I see diligence, but I also see as well declaring. So my question is, or my answer is, as well, what do you do in the valley? Amen, let's pray. Father, we sure are grateful and thankful tonight to be behind this sacred desk, Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be among friends, among family tonight. Uh, Some of our most cherished people here uh, tonight are at Woodland Baptist Church. And I thank God for each and every one of them. I pray for them tonight. I'm sure they've come with needs. Some may, Lord, be in a valley. It's been said that we're either headed for a valley, we're in a valley, or we're getting out of the valley. If that be true, and I believe that it is tonight, sure, some of your people may need some encouragement and some help from the word of the Lord. And I I hope you'll use me to be that help tonight that your people need. Lord, I didn't come in and of myself to do anything. I'm not sufficient, not adequate. No, not at all. I cannot stand nor can I speak lest the spirit of God would so anoint me to do so. And I'd not only pray for myself who needs prayer and am the least of all the servants of God, I'd pray for my dear pastor tonight and ask you to fill him with the Holy Ghost. Give him power, Lord, to preach to that place and that people that you have certainly called him to go to this evening, as well as all other preachers who preach the gospel around the world. Dear God, may the saints of God be encouraged, edified, and may the Lord Jesus be glorified. We'll give you honor We'll give you glory and praise for we always ask it in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. We pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I see, first of all, he was devoted to God. Oh my! If there's anybody that we ought to be devoted to, we ought to be devoted to our Lord. And Job certainly exampled that. Amen. And it was it was exampled by but because he demonstrated that. That's one thing to say something, but it's another thing uh, to demonstrate something. Amen? We ought to be demonstrators, praise God. I'm not talking about here with this abortion crowd. I thank God for what has happened, but uh, it never took place to start with. Amen? But anyway, that'd be another sermon for another time. I want to consider Job's character tonight. The Bible says, has thou considered my servant Job? We surely see Job was no average Job. <laughs> no, by no means was he. Was he that? And the scripture says that God says so. Amen, how'd you let like the Lord to say about that you tonight? Amen. Wouldn't that be wonderful if the Lord could say of us, have you considered my servant so and so? Amen. Well, that's what the Lord said about Job. Amen. That's the way we ought to be. If we're devoted to God as we ought to be devoted, then I believe the Lord uh, could say that about us. But I want to analyze a few things this evening and hope it will be a blessing. First of all, I see that he's comparable. There's none like him. (laughs) God said this, Job didn't say that about himself. None of his friends, amen, said that about Job. God said, there's none like him in all the earth. That's quite a statement to be said, amen. Oh my, and the Lord said it. Actually, there was no man like him on the earth at all. (laughs) So there was no one to compare him to, amen. Uh, One word for that, and that's wild. When I thought about Job, I thought about my Lord. Uh, He as well is incomparable. There's nobody on this earth that we can compare him to because he is incomparable to them. There's no one like our Lord. Now, uh, Job in the Old Testament was a good picture of our Lord, of course, but he was not our Lord. He was still born in sin. He said so himself. He said, i born in sin and then did my mother conceive me. Amen. So he is incomparable in respect to his likeness of his God. But there's still no incompar- incomparability uh, to our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. But notice this, well not only that he's comparable, and I'm watching the clock so you don't have to. I may have to start preaching fast so you'll have to listen fast, amen? But he's consummate. I like that. He's consummate. What's that mean, preacher? Well, it means perfect and upright. That didn't mean he was sinless, but he was perfect and upright before God. He was so devoted that he desired to live a holy, a righteous, a separated, a dedicated, a consecrated life before his God. Oh, give us some people today that would have that same desire to live for God like that. i believe the lord's looking for some people by the way uh, to do this that very thing so he's consummate amen this means far more than he's just a mature man now we're the mature We're to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not minimizing that. As a matter of fact, I'm maximizing it. Amen. We ought to be be stronger in the Lord now than we were when we were first saved. If we're not, then we're not maturing as we should. But I noticed something else about Jonah. He was submissive. Yeah. He was submissive to the Lord. Now, if you're going to be devoted, that, that involves a submissiveness. You're not submitting unto your own will. You're submitting unto the will of God. Amen. Oh, that's important. He was also self-sacrificing. We see that in the scriptures. And also, he was serious. I like that. He was serious and he was sincere about serving God. Oh, my friends, today in these modern days in which we live, seems like that's a thing that's gone by and not going to be no more. Amen. Where are those who are serious and those who are sincere about serving God? Amen. May the Lord help us to be that kind of people. So I'm questioning you this afternoon. Are we consummate? Are we consummate? And we need to be. But I notice also, thirdly, he's considerate. I see that because of the phrase, feareth God. <laughs> Amen. He feared God. He had a reverential fear of his Redeemer. Oh my. God's people especially, we fear the Lord. Now, it is a reverential fear, amen? We don't fear that he's going to zap us, amen? I think our pastor said one time, uh, with a bolt of lightning, amen, he could and probably should, especially me. But that don't mean that. That means we fear our creator. The one that created us, the one that saved us uh, by his grace, we fear him, amen? And we should fear him reverentially, But in these days we're living, amen, that we're living, some Christians have ceased as well this consideration. But then I note fourth, and I've got to hasten on, he's careful. Oh, yes, he's careful. I see that in the phrase, escheweth evil. I like that word, escheweth evil. What's that mean? Well, it means he habitually, amen? In other words, on purpose, amen? He on purpose habitually avoided and abstained from what was wicked oh my god separated us he sank, he saved us he separated us and he sanctified us and we're to sanctify ourselves and that includes to be abstained from the very appearance of evil would you not agree with me we're living in an evil world Oh, my, it's getting more evil every day. I mean, from the White House to the poor house. We're in wicked days. We're in perilous days. We're in perilous times uh, that Peter wrote about because we're in the last days uh, prior to the coming of the Lord. So we're going to see these things progressively get worse and intensify. So I should admonish us to put on the whole armor of God and keep it on uh, that we might withstand uh, the the, the fiery darts uh, that Satan himself uh, would fire unto us. Amen. Something else I recall, I was thinking about that. Did not Paul write to, to us to abstain? from the very appearance of it. Why, sure he did. First, that's the law in chapter 5 and verse number 22. So there's another admonishment in our New Testament as there was here in Job exemplified in his, uh, his book, amen. Praise God that he eschewed evil. God help us do the same. So we see that he was devoted to God and that is wonderful, amen. That is good. That is a good example for us to follow. But secondly, he depended upon God. Oh, I'm telling you, that was important then. I'm I'm telling you, it's no less important now. It is no less important for us to depend upon God than it was when we depended upon him, first called on him to save our soul. We are so needy, amen. We are helpless people. Uh, I mean the helpless and the hopeless people without God. I remind God of that every day. I tell him, and he already knows it, but I tell him anyway. And that's because I want to assure myself that I'm still that way, amen. I haven't arrived, amen. I'm not perfect by no means. I I come short of the glory of God, to praise my wonderful Lord. I'm glad I'd go to him and ask him to forgive me and to cleanse me, and he does, Amen. amen. Praise the Lord, but Job was careful, and God help us to be a careful people, amen. Uh, careful, but he depended upon God, as I said. So let's consider a few things. Let's consider Job's confession. <laughs> I like that. We've got a confession. And the reason we've got a confession and a profession is because we've got a possession. Amen. I'm telling you, good to be possessed of the Lord tonight, amen. Verse number twenty-one. The confession coincided uh, with that conclusion. I like that. In other words, he was, he is what he was, and he was what he is, amen. He didn't say one thing and do another, amen. Praise God. We need to be like that. We don't need to change, amen. God didn't change. He said, "I'm the Lord thy God." I change not. I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. If God don't change, then why don't we change? Amen. Oh, Lord, help us. I tell you, we're living in a changing world. We're living in a, a world in which the church is changing. Uh, you're seeing it. Uh, you know it as well as I know. They think they've got to be like the world to get the world. My friend, you ain't got to. What you got if you got the world in the church, uh, you ain't got nothing but the world in church. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, that's what church makes me sick. I, I'm talking about men of God I used to stand and preach the word of God like it was to, to, to God's people like they were, amen, but they have changed and that is sad, that is sorrowful, but my friend, it's sinful tonight, amen. Ain't no reason for us to change. Praise God, help us not to change. I like woodland, That ain't changed. That ain't gonna change, praise God. Old fashioned, praise God, love the Lord, love of the people of God, love sinners, amen. Praise God, preach the word, sing the old song, shout, praise God, go on, amen, praise God, that's what we need to do, cause the Lord's coming. So, I conceive and conclude total dependence. Hey, and that's me tonight, all my, yes, total dependence, and there are five things evident in these verses, and I got to hurry, amen, got to hurry. So, we, and considering Job's confession, I see first of all his reality. His reality. What did he say? He said in this passage, "Naked came I." Well, what's that telling us? That tells me that Job realizes, and he reports, "Say, man, uh, that he came into this world with nothing." <laughs> That's right. So, if he came into this world with nothing, then he most likely had no place to put it. <laughs> uh huh. Much like me, amen, that's the way I come into this world. Didn't have nothing, no place to put it. But is that not true of ourselves as well? Is that not a reality for us as well? Who and what we are, amen, and and what we have, God is the reason that we have it. <laughs> We didn't acquire or attain anything that we have this evening. I don't care in what realm that you would mention anything that you have as your possession in this life. Everything that you are, everything that you have, everything that you ever will be, it because God give it to you. Amen. He give us everything. I'm telling you, the very breath we breathe tonight, God give it to us. Amen. That's exactly right. So we see his reality. But then he noted also his return. He said, naked I shall return. So Job knew that his exit uh, would be the same as his entrance. <laughs> Only by God's grace are we strengthened tonight. Only by God's grace are we sustained. Only by God's grace are we supplied we're pardoned people. We're prepared people. We're a preserved people. I like that. Thank God I'm preserved. <laughs> Amen. God has preserved his people. And I'm talking about preserved throughout all eternity. Praise God. That's pretty good, ain't it? Amen. So we'll move from a reality to return to his receiving. The Lord gave. Here again, substantiating that great truth tonight. Amen. man, Job knew his life and all that pertained to his life that God had given to him. I wonder if we take, take things for granted. I know human nature will do that. I mean, in spite of all that we try to do, human nature will, is prone to take things for granted. And I, I can't help but feel that sometimes we even take God for granted. Oh Lord, God, help us not to do that. We don't need the the one that provides all that we are and all that we have, whatever we have, uh, for granted tonight. But do we really realize tonight that we have got what we have gotten, we have gotten from God, and God has given it to us? Amen. So help us to realize that, oh Lord, from the pulpit to the last pew. But then his remembering the Lord, or rendering rather, the Lord taketh away. Uh Oh my, what a statement. This, I think, shows us an exceptional, exceptional and acceptable attitude to be possessed. Amen. He didn't consider, amen, God and he, he, his actions as being foolish. Now, he could have done so. He could have blamed the Lord. A lot of, people, a lot of folks blame the Lord, you know. Lord gets to blame for everything. I'm telling you, everything that's good, they don't thank him for it, but everything bad comes their way, they blame the Lord. Oh, my. That ain't the way it's supposed to be, but that's the way it is. Job didn't do that. He said he did not charge God foolishly. Amen. So what is he saying? He says to me that he knows his father knows best. (laughs) Don't he? Why, sure he does. He knows a whole lot more than we know. Amen. He knows what we need, when we need it, and how much. Amen. He knows best. So we should trust him. But then I move into his rejoicing tonight. I, I'm glad that in the midst of his valley, and I know that's easier said than done. We've all been in our valleys tonight. Amen. And we'll probably be in a few more before the Lord comes back. And it's not easy to rejoice. No. But Job rejoiced, Amen. What what an example that we ought to have. What an attitude that we ought to exemplify. He rejoicing. How you know, preacher, because he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Now listen, we must realize tonight Job had not at this particular time had any relief uh, uh, from the rem- or any remedy or had he recovered from that which that he was going through at this particular time no not at all so what does he do <laughs> he don't rip and roar amen he don't criticize grumble gripe and complain no he rejoices oh again i have to say wow what an attitude what an exemplification, what we need to do when we get in our valley. I'm trying to help us tonight because if you're not in one, good chances are you're headed for one or you're going to be in one. Amen. And we need to do these things. All right. So we see devotion to God. We see dependence upon God. But then we see he was diligent before God. I like that. I like that word, diligence. Diligence is discerning. So, in consideration as we have done so previously, let us consider tonight as we look further Job's condition. Now, we're told right much in our passage about what Job went through. Chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, at this point in time, we can surmise, I guess, that Job is childless. He's lost his family. He is shadowless. I like that word. That just simply means that he had no possessions. All that he had that I read to you in the first 11, so verses had been taken away from him. So he had no possessions. And I really, as I begin to think about that, I think he was clueless. (laughs) That means he did not understand. And if we were in Job's shoes, As he was, we probably would be clueless as well. We would not be able to understand why that we were where we were and we were going through what we're going through. Many that's the same way it is with us when we're in our valleys, amen. We can't help but wonder, amen. And we're clueless. But God's always working behind the scenes. I like the old song that says, Somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's never left you. Don't ever think for a moment in your valley that he has left you because he never will leave you. He has promised that he will never forsake you. He said, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I like that. So we know that he's with us. There are a few things that happen here to Job as we consider his condition. First of all, I see the smiting. Satan smote Job. Now, we realize, remember, this was only by permission. I like that. (laughs) Amen. It's only by permission that the devil was able to do that which he did to Job. Listen, Satan would love nothing more, as Jesus told Peter, to sift him as wheat. He'd love to do that to each and every one of us. If he had the opportunity if he could, he would, amen. It's not because he can't in himself. because He can't because God won't let him, amen, amen. Because of Christ tonight, amen, the devil can't sift us, amen. We may be smitten to some degree, amen, but we'll not be sifted, amen. What did the Lord tell Peter? He says, I prayed for thee. <laughs> I like that. I like that. How you like that, having the Lord praying for you? You say, when did he pray for me, preacher? He prayed for you in John 17. If you don't believe it, read it. That is the Lord's prayer. We have the model prayer in Matthew, but the Lord's prayer is actually in John 17. Amen. He prayed for us before we ever were born. Amen. Praise God for that. So we see the spite. We also see the sores tonight. The Bible says sore bowls. Amen. Notice the plurality here. It's not just one bowl. And if any of you have had a bowl before, it's not as common as it was years back. I remember uh, folks having bowls, and there were very, very excruciating pain associated with bowls. And one would be really more than the uh, To bear, but Job had many balls. In fact, our Bible tells us, and it's really hard to conceive this, but from his forehead to his feet. Can you imagine that? He had balls all over his body. That had to be excruciating, that had to be unbearable. But he still did not charge God foolishly. He still rejoiced in the Lord, amen. Oh, God, help us, amen. You know, sometimes we get to think about that. My valleys are not so bad. When I begin to think about Job, amen, when I get in the valley, my valley's not that long. My valley's really not that that intense, amen. When I get to think about in respect to Job's valley that he went through. But then we noticed after the sores and the smiting, there was the scraping. He, he did this, the Bible says, uh, uh, just to get some kind of relief, amen. But uh, really, there was no real relief, amen, for him. But there's a signification here that I'd like for us to see. A signification, matter of fact, of two different things. The broken piece of pottery brought some temporary relief, as I already had made mention of, of his pain. But those who have been broken, I think the signification is help others who are broken. Amen. Yeah. And that's what we do. The valley that we go through and experience uh, that we have in our valley can prove to be helpful and hopeful to someone else who is maybe in that same valley. Amen. Amen. We will be able to help one another and be a blessing for one another. We'll be able to relate to that person that what they're going through because we've been there ourselves, and that will better help us to pray uh, for them. And by, by, like the Bible says, to bear ye one another's burdens. Amen. God help us uh, to do that. And then we move forthly into the sitting. <laughs> Job was sitting. I mean, can you imagine? He was sitting in ashes. Oh, my. Now, there's a signification to that as well. First of all, that signifies despair. And Job was definitely in despair. It also signifies uh, uh, deplore. What a deploring state. And this is mentioned many times in our Old Testament, amen, when they got down among uh, ashes, amen. That was a sign of of regret and remorse and repentance, amen. But Job, I like this, (laughs) Job was not sitting and singing, woe is me if I had no luck. I our bad luck, I have no luck at all, amen. Job was not singing that, amen. No, not at all. And it is proven here by my next point, and we're closing tonight with our fourth and final point, his declaration about God, amen. That's just as equally important as all the devotion to God, dependence upon God, the diligence before God, but he had a declaration about God. Oh, my I wonder tonight, I hope and pray, each of us really have a declaration about God. Amen. We can tell someone, amen, about what God done for us. Nobody can tell someone better than you can tell someone about what the Savior done for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. We can do that, praise God. And we certainly should be doing that with the Lord's help. So in consideration of that, we're considering Job's counsel. Now, he had flesh like us. He was not Superman, amen. No, he was not super spiritual, amen. No, he had flesh like us. And it's conceivable that he could have cursed. Oh, my. But there's no indication whatsoever that he did that. He did not do that. By the way, Christians, uh, our custom is not cussing. Amen. When the Lord saves us, amen, he takes away our cusser. He changes us, amen. We're not the same as we used to be, amen. I wouldn't give you a half a hallelujah uh, for someone uh, that has said that they had been saved and there's no change in their life. If there's a change within, thank God there'll be a change without, amen. That's exactly right, praise the Lord. So on the contrary he he's conveying amen and 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 certainly is condescending <laughs> advice here concerning the recommendation that he is given by his wife oh my her recommendation my how'd you like to have your wife come and say something like that why well, you just ought to curse God and die oh my that don't sound like much of an encouragement to me, amen, but that's exactly what that his wife told him. What she gave him, actually, amen, was what the adversary wanted. The devil wanted to defeat Job. The devil wanted to destroy Job. The devil wanted him to curse God because that's what the devil had initially said that he would do if the hedge was dropped, amen. <laughs> But that's not what happened. No, not what happened at all. Thank God for that. Praise the Lord. Not what God wills, amen. That's what the devil wants. But God wants and wills the best for our life, amen. And we might understand the valley, but a lot of times the valley's for a purpose of, of strengthening us and encouraging us and enabling, as I, as I said a moment ago, of being able to help someone else in their valley, Amen. So, in this, this recommendation that he had received, there are three things that we know about, about Job here. First of all, I see his response. He has a response. He says, thou speakest as a foolish woman. <laughs> oh, my. It was foolish for her to say that. But Job here renders a mild rebuke, if you will, uh, to her for her recommendation. And it wasn't a very good recommendation as all, at all, as we know. He needed some encouragement. He didn't need an encumberment. And that's exactly what he seemed to get by the only living relative that he had on earth. He had some encumberment. He didn't need that. But then we move from his response to his reaction. His reaction tonight. He says, receive good and evil. Now this don't mean that evil comes from God. But it does mean that God is in control of our life. He is in control of our life whether there is good that comes our way or whether there is evil that will come our way, amen? And we know the adversary is going to make sure uh, that we have opposition. He's going to make sure we have uh, some persecution, amen? He's going to try to defeat us, amen, distract us, defeat us, discourage us, that he might destroy us as far as our testimony for God is concerned, amen? So we need to be aware uh, that. So we see his reaction. But then we're closing tonight with the last point, and that is his resolve. I like that. I like his resolve. The Bible says he did not, he did not, Job, sin with his lips. Oh, my. He could have, he had flesh just like us. But he did not sin with his lips. What, uh, what a saint. What a soldier that we see here in Job's life. We see that for sure this evening. When we're in the valley, amen, I think that he is a good vessel, a good vessel for us to visit, amen, or not. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.